The following is a paid presentation. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff and management of Shiawassee Radio. This is your cell. This is your bunk. This is The Jail Visit on Shiawassee Radio, live from the Cofield Oil and Propane Studios. Here's attorney Bill Amadeo. We are here to talk about my new job and about hires we had. Eat Wheaties! Sorry, inside joke. Anyway, I posted about a potential new career opportunity, and um, Nancy, eat Wheaties! Nancy Gordon, you know what? Nancy Eaton Gordon, you're the main reason for this live today. You hurt me today. I come to you for support as my longtime friend, and you mock my new career. Did I mention I'm from McMaster, Amadeo, and Grable and Associates? If I didn't, let's do that shameless plug one more time. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be there based on the career change. As many of you know, I've always wanted to be a prosecutor. It's been a um, dream from a young child. And, uh, and, you know, I have this attitude problem, obviously. And becoming a prosecutor has not been an easy journey. I've actually prosecuted a few cases. And I may have said at some trials that some of the shit I see here, I wouldn't sign the complaint. But objectivity. That's what we're talking about. So, when I wanted to be a prosecutor, I was met with a lot of resistance. I didn't get a lot of support from people. Um, Scott Grable mocked me. Uh, you saw what Kara said about me um, in the Facebook post. And, you know, David Hertzkowitz made his little wide-ass comments. And it, it hurt. Because sometimes in life, we have dreams. And you want the people in your inner circle to support those dreams. And today I felt no support. And that really hurt. So let me tell you how this whole thing went down. I decided I want to be a prosecutor full time. And the first place I was going to apply was Shiawassee. So I applied with Scott Corner. I went to his office. And I had a nice laminated resume. And I said, Scott, I need to talk to you. And Scott had so much work going on. He goes, okay, what do you want to talk about these cases? I said, no, I want to make the switch. I want to be a prosecutor. So he was laughing in my face, which hurt. I respect Scott Corner, but he was mocking me. And he told me to get the hell out of his office. I didn't know what to do. I'm driving home to Washington, right? And as I'm driving home... To Washington, I drove by our circuit court, and I drove by the prosecutors. They hit me like a bolt of lightning. Holy shit! This is what I should be doing. I want to be part of the problem. Sorry, the solution. And so here we are. I put my application in, and I was very excited about the opportunity. And I'm sad to say that I'm not joining the prosecutor's office because there were some obstacles in the way. Much like the fire department, when you apply there, they make you run up these four flights of stairs with a 200-pound dummy. And I said, what does this have to do with prosecuting cases? And they said to me, if you want to be a civil servant, you got to do this stuff. So I guess I failed the physical. With that being stated, today was not a joke. It was not a joke. Granted, two years ago, 
it may have been a joke. Okay? We were stuck in the house with COVID. I posted it. This year I was being sincere. And the hostile texts I got, it hurt. I'd be a damn good prosecutor. I just don't think I'm one at that office. And um, it hurt a lot. It really did. And, you know, the whole day I was so excited. And then you guys just mocked me. Um, the texts that came in. You hurt me. You know, I'm a sensitive person. And many, many people say I'm a delicate flower. And being as sensitive as I am, I don't know. I mean, other dreams I've had have also fallen by the wayside. I remember the one time I wanted to start a law firm with John Vella and Lou Danner. Vella, Danner, and Amadeo. That was my dream. And <clears throat> fell apart, man. Lou got all pissed off at me. He was losing his cool, and Vala stopped returning my calls. It was horrible. And um, it just, it hurts when you don't reach that plateau in life you want. And <laughs> I guess I'm just going to stick to a criminal defense. This is not because of me or a joke. You know what? It, in life, and I told this to a friend today, I quoted the classic movie, Me, Myself, and Irene. And in that movie, there's a scene when Jim Carrey's wife leaves him for the midget who was who was their um, limo driver. Now, Jim Carrey says to the girl, but I thought you loved me. And she says, the heart wants what the heart wants. And that are words I live by every goddamn day. Eat weenies. Sorry. Um, I now, I'm going to try to transition. You guys mocked me. You hurt me. And I'm trying to make it through the day. It's been a long day. I put on my finest clothing. I came on this live. I put on my glasses to try to appear smart. I knew there was going to be stress in this live. I knew people were going to be laughing. I knew Nancy Gordon, who called me at 5 o'clock, mocking me with her girl Tamaris, was going to be talking shit in the chat. And here she is. And she's texting me right now. And you know what, Nancy? I'm not answering your texts. To be a prosecutor would have been a lifelong dream. And Nancy, you got in the way of that dream. The heart does want what the heart wants. As many of you know, I've always been somewhat of an expert on relationships and matters of the heart. And, uh... <laughs> I really... I don't know what to say. I don't know why everybody's laughing. I don't find any of this funny. You're laughing about my dreams and my life, people. My God. I swear. It hurts. Now on that note, <clears throat> I will stick with criminal defense because you guys won. It's the only thing I'm good at. It's fine. You made it very clear that I can't do this. So, now, I'd like to talk about McManus and Amadeo. Now, many people know our firm um, today. And the reason you know our firm today 
is because Scott Grable put me on criminal defense. And criminal defense kind of took off. What we learn in criminal defense is if you're crazy and a hard worker, you might be successful. But in 2015, we didn't quite have the team we have today. I made a comment on Facebook a while ago about if we would have searched people's Facebook pages, we wouldn't have hired some people. And there's been some great people that we've hired throughout the years. There's also been some interesting situations. So I'd like to talk about some of those people today. Because back in 2015, McManus and I had this idea. And the idea was we were going to hire former Cooley professors. Cooley had a lot of professors out of work. So what we wanted to do, our goal was to bring in the best of the best. Hell yeah. So we got a bunch of people that put applications in. Now understand, 2015, I'm not really in shape. I'm doing civil litigation. I'm pretty much suffering in this field. And I turned to these Cooley professors for guidance. Because God knows, Cooley's always had my back. It's time for me to get back. It was just like when Wikipedia asked for $2.75 a month. Who the hell was I to tell Wikipedia no? How many times have I looked up something about sports on Wikipedia? You got the right game money to Wikipedia. It was only right that we hired Cooley professors. It was the right thing to do. So we tried. The first one, um, they had history in research and writing. So I was pretty excited because my grammar's always sucked. If you don't believe me, ask about my coworkers. I'm not great with grammar. I have Grammarly on every device and my grammar's still not great. There's some like brilliant thought, but now the grammar sucks. We were bringing in the best of the best. Somebody who taught research and writing advanced writing at Cooley Law School. That's what we were gonna do, God damn it. And we did. We brought this individual in. <clears throat> so one day, Matt catches individual shopping for shoes. And he says to the individual, hey, um, don't want to interrupt your shoe shopping, but how is that brief editing coming? And they said, fine. And uh, he walked away. I walked in the next day later. This individual was still shopping for shoes. Now back then, Shopping for shoes. I don't know. I'm not a real big shoe connoisseur, but I'm thinking, how the f*** is this individual shopping for shoes for two days? Like, what could you possibly not have picked out in that first day? And by the way, the brief's not getting done. So they hand in the brief. They ask for their check. I'm always interested when somebody asks for their check before payday. I have my check, but it's a Cooley professor. Here you go. So, I go to the office on a Saturday morning, and um, I see the person's Facebook page. And they're shopping downtown Ann Arbor for shoes, which was good. And I looked at this brief. Now, with my limited skills in grammar, I was horrified. I'm editing what this person did. If I would have just tracked their Facebook, I would have sold it all they do is shop for shoes all the fucking time. My God, edit the motions. But 
we can't judge all former Cooley professors by this one individual. So I want to bring in a criminal guru. We want to bring in somebody who has experience as a criminal professor and somebody who I had a great deal of respect for. So we had another person come in. Oh, man. And I said to this individual, I want to learn by watching you. And they said, no, I want to learn by watching you. I want to see your technique. Okay, I'm going to quote one of my role models, Judge Simpson. Judge Cedric Simpson once said to somebody, what works for Bill only works for Bill. Don't do this. So I said to the former professor, hey, you don't want to learn my technique. My technique's messed up. I want to learn your technique. So then he said, I'm sorry, um, I don't think I could go to court. Hmm. Okay, well, I kind of need you to go to court, because this was when criminal was taken off. It was like 17, 18. I said, well, what's the problem? He goes, well, I don't have insurance. Okay. So I said to the individual, we'll pay for your insurance. And he said, I just don't want to do it. over two with coolies but you know as we were learning things as we had our growing pains we kept going back to the well well even though two former coolie professors couldn't do anything let's try a third so we bring this individual in we pay him to come in for the day because this is a big name and i said so do you want to do crim law nope do you want to do divorce work nope what do you want to do? And the individual said, I want to lecture on scholarship in front of young people. Oh, so you want to be a professor? The f*** said help our firm. We're losing our mind with coolie professors. So we switch it up a little bit, right? Now, we're going to actually bring in somebody who went to law school with us. One of our boys. And this guy was a JAG officer for years. All right. Ah, got to flip the football on that one. Eat weenies. So we were pretty excited that we got this JAG officer coming in. And, um, you know, he's got all his experience. What about profit sharing? What do we do? And this is our friend from law school. What could possibly go wrong? Now, I respect the military. I'm not sure what JAG officers actually do, because this guy was like a decorated JAG officer, and I'm not sure he knew how to tie his shoes. In law school, Norman Fell said he was going to be a star, and we know how I feel about Norman Fell. Norman Fell told me I would never be as good as this particular individual, and him going to the JAG Corps was it. And here's the problem, guys, with learned behavior, man. I don't get it. Because even somebody as strong-minded as me falls for these tricks. He's a JAG officer. He's a 3.8 from Cooley. Let's bring him in. Well, one day I walk in, he's not doing work, and he's shopping for shoes. Like, holy shit, what is it? Everybody be putting this one goddamn office on Jackson Road, our former office, would do nothing but shop for fucking shoes all day. We're trying to write motions. We don't know what the hell we're doing. It was rough. But then one day, somebody came in. And this is somebody who actually helped me. So I, I do care for this person. However, there were some problems. 
the individual showed up to the interview late. And you got to keep in mind now where Matt and I are at with all right? We're, um, we're trying to find our way. And it went from McManus PLLC to Ann Arbor Legal to McManus Namadeo. There were all these reincarnations. This individual comes in late. And they say, I don't show up on time. I don't finish projects. I won't do criminal law. I won't do family law. And I won't do invoices. I turned to Matt and I said, we got to hire this person. And he says, no shit. Okay, so listen. <laughs> There's been some problems along the way. We had the individual who had a severe marijuana problem. You know, and that would have been okay if he would have changed his clothes once every two weeks. But the odor was really bad when clients came in, so we had to part ways with that person. Then we went to externs. Yeah. We've had some decent externs. Jen Kelly was an extern. Jen Kelly's awesome. However, there was this one extern. I remember. So this individual showed up the first two weeks. And what you do is you have 14 weeks of externship. And they said, hey, listen, it's a tough drive to come to Ann Arbor every day. Can I do work from home? Sure. Work from home. I don't give a shit, right? So we give it him to work. He's working from home, supposedly. I don't hear from him for nine weeks. He just went ghost. He shows up week 13 on a Wednesday afternoon. And he goes, hey, do you got anything for me to do? Well, we did 11 weeks ago, but we're good. He says, will you sign my externship forms? Well, I don't want to keep this kid from um, taking the bar. And he would answer emails, I suppose. But eh, we signed his externship form, whatever. I said, look, man, good luck. He calls me after he passes the bar, and he says, I see you're doing really well. I could be a real asset to your firm. Like when you were ghost for nine weeks on your f***ing externship? All right, so, bro, if you're tuned in right now, first of all, you suck as a lawyer. But I will never do anything to hurt your career, but please don't contact us for references or asking for money. Oh my God. The great thing about the lousy extern is we actually saw the extern sucked. Before getting fooled by all these other idiots with good resumes. And then there was the Facebook drama. Oh. I wonder why we didn't search social media on these hires. So where was this guy? And um, he interviewed great. Thank you, Tina. He interviewed awesome. Looked the part. Want to do Kremlin? I was all excited about this. Disappeared one day. Okay, what's going on? This guy's answering the texts or phone calls. Me and Matt are working. We don't have time for this. I don't know what's going on. Let me tell you, he came out like a star, right? I mean, he was like perfect. Oh my god, I got somebody to cover appearances. 
He does some crim. He's doing some civil. Pretty good stuff. Pretty excited. But, um, couldn't find him for like three days. Hmm. One day, I check his Facebook. Turns out he joined a religious cult. Moved to Minnesota. Didn't tell us about that. So I Facebook messaged him. Hey, um, what's going on? Checking your news feed. Looks like you joined a cult and quit in the field of law. He explained to me that he found his calling. I said, okay, well, good for you. Um, why couldn't you answer the texts or emails? Well, he felt it was only appropriate due to the cult to answer a DM. He f***ing wouldn't answer a text or phone call or email, but he would answer on DM as he was going to Minnesota with his family to join this religious cult and quit in the field of law. Anyway, <clears throat> he's no longer worked for him. We now have a team that includes Jennifer Kelly, who's amazing, Matt McManus, myself, who's overrated, and we we have each other's backs. We've really turned us into something special. We have a lot of lawyers we work with on the side, but the journey to get here has been a royal pain in the ass. Yeah, Nancy Gordon, I'm kind of hurt. I'm not even getting an interview here, Bill. After all this drama, clearly all I want to do is help you. Nancy, I love you. But, um, I don't think you'd fit in at McManus and Amadeo, and I know I wouldn't fit in at Jackson, Eaton, Gordon. But we can flip cases back to each other. Um, so between the externs and the bad hires, and my Facebook post about the prosecutor's office today, I hope I cleared some things up for people. Advice I would give is this. You want to be a prosecutor? Go for it. Good for you. Um, don't let people that you like stand in the way of your dreams. Today, I failed. I let people get in my head. Then I couldn't pass the physical. It was tough. It was something I had to live with every goddamn day. That's where we're at with things, all right? As far as the hires, hey, listen. The road of success is a fucking brutal road but what you really want to do is check those facebook posts and if you do have an extern you got to make sure they come to the office or at least doing their work the jail visit with attorney bill amadeo from mcmanus and amadeo connect with mcmanus and amadeo at mcmanusamadeo.com or call 800-392-7311 this is the jail visit on shiawassee radio did you ever have that one friend who you could just text or call about anything in the world? That one person that has so much shit on you, they could destroy you if they wanted to. And that one person you could trust with anything. That was Scott Zalber. It's really hard to believe he's gone. But tonight, I'm going to tell the story of Scott E.Z., one of my best friends. One of my closest friends I didn't have a pot to piss in. The guy used to come pick me up on Willow Avenue from Margate as we go to bowl games together. I'm going to talk about Scott Zwalber tonight. Hey, Ken, how are you? 
I am Bill Amadeo from McManus and Amadeo and Grable and Associates. And tonight, for content, it's going to be a tough one about Scott Zolber. So, it's a lot to say here. Um, Scott Zolber and I went to high school together. He was from Margate, Osmolak City. In English, guys, that means his family had money and we didn't. Despite having some money, Scott had a real humble way about him. We were in Miss Gandia's journalism classes together. We played a lot of sports together. High school was a really rough time for me. You know, being white and living in Ducktown, it just wasn't fun. And I didn't have a lot of friends from the suburbs. Scott was truly one exception to that rule. I used to take buses to Margate just to play basketball and tennis with him. And then he got his license first. And he used to drive to Willow Avenue, where we lived, right? In Ducktown. There was this little tiny alleyway. You had to drive up it. It was dangerous. And Scotty would pick me up. Now you can understand something. At 16 years old, to have a friend from the suburbs willing to pick you up when your family didn't have a vehicle, that was unique. Scott Zolber was special. And we did a lot of things together that most people would have never known. For example, in high school, senior year, we started a band. And we sucked really bad. But we used to play in Scott's garage. And I would drive my 1983 Camaro over to his house. And he would try and play guitar and I would try to sing. And we both had really big egos. So we thought we were good. Until we played in front of other people. And then we realized how bad we were. But they were some of the best times I can remember. Just playing music in Scott's garage. And other things we used to do at this time were we used to sneak into the Atlantic City racetrack and gamble and bet on horses. And we had a gambling thing. Like, that was one of our things. <sighs> things changed in college. Now, in college, we, went to both, we both went to Stockton. My first two years actually went to ACC, and Scotty went to Stockton right away. And here's what happened in college. Scott started dating a lot. I kind of did too, but it was different. Like, I was dating um, older waitresses from the casino. He was dating sorority girls. So we had two very different outlooks on life. But we remained it really bonded. Like, we was a strong bond. And the Alki is where we really connected. The Alki was this little gym in Atlantic City. I've told about the Alki before. And what Scott would do is he joined, and late at night, we would just go punch the bag and plan out our game plan for life. Some of those nights at the Alki are some of the fondest memories I have. One night at the Alki, <laughs> it was Chris Foster's bachelor party. And Chris, if you're watching this, you know this story a lot better than me. Now, Chris Foster worked at the White House sub shop. For those of you who don't know, the White House sub shop is possibly the best sub shop in the country. 
I'm very biased towards that. But I'll say it's an amazing place. And a lot of celebrities would go to the White House. So Rob Nista goes on the payphone at the Alki. And Robbie says, we have a very special guest coming. Now, at Chris's bachelor party, there's a bunch of strippers in the Alki. And there's me and Scott and Q, and we're look we like we don't really fit in here. They're all older than us. And um they say we have a special guest coming. So Mr. T was getting a sub at the White House. So Mr. T comes to Chris Foster's bachelor party. And here's Scotty, drunk as hell, explain to Mr. T how his part could have been better on the AT if he would have done a few different things. And I'm just sitting there, like, I'm the only sober one in the group. Me and Q are the only two sober ones. Watching Scott Zolber discuss Mr. T's acting career with a bunch of strippers at Chris Foster's bachelor party, that was a historic memory that we'll never forget. And after college, things got different. And this is where some of the fun, humorous stories kind of take a turn. I didn't get into law school right away. And Scott did. Scott was an amazing lawyer. He went to Rutgers. He taught. He was, in my opinion, the best bankruptcy lawyer in New Jersey. He was dominant in his field, man. And there were times... Um, during this couple year period where it just felt like I wasn't going to get into law school. I didn't know I had dyslexia back then. And the LSAT was just horrible for me. And Scott would say things like, I'm in law school with so many idiots. And you're so brilliant. You're going to get this. And I finally got into the Widener trial admission program. And I thought, this is it. This is my opportunity. I'm in. And I called Scott up and I told him I got into Widener. If I get the grades at Widener, I'm going to be going to Widener. And he was so happy for me. You would have thought, like, his brother just got into law school. And he knew my journey so well. And then Widener contacted me and they didn't take me. And I kind of thought at that point it was over. You know, like, I couldn't even get into Widener. And I was devastated. You know, it was like being this close to what you thought was your dream. It just, it's gone. And I said to Scott, if I can't get into Widener, what the f*** am I going to do? And he said, you could always go to Cooley. I'm like, what? Because there's this law school in Lansing. He goes, I'll take you. I'm like, okay, whatever. And he looked at me one night. We're at Tony's Baltimore Grill, eating a ravioli meatballs. He said, listen, I had a dream about you. He goes, call me crazy, but you're going to be this amazing criminal lawyer. He goes, I'm telling you, you were meant to do criminal law. He goes, and you're going to get into a law school, and you're going to be fine, but it's not going to happen tonight. Let's eat our f***ing pasta. Let's go play some poker. Let's call it a day. All right, whatever. Just take the LSAT one more time. It'll be worth it. I took it. I get in. Now, I'm pretty sure law school is going to happen one way or the other, but the fact that Scott was so supportive when he didn't have to be, he pushed. He wanted me to be a lawyer with him. And, um, 
he got to where he wanted quicker than me. But he never forgot our friendship. You know, I was bartending at Tropicana. I was not getting into Widener in a trial admission program. I was dying inside, to be real. I mean, to me, if I'm not a lawyer, what the f*** am I? That's how I felt. And he always said, don't stop. Don't stop because you're the toughest kid I know. Just keep punching. Just keep f***ing punching. You're going to start landing this stuff. He believed in me a lot. And when I got in the coolie, <laughs> we would, um, he'd pick me up from the airport. Hey, Brian Lundy. And we'd hang out. And we'd talk about law school. We'd talk about life. We'd talk about girls and the crazy breakups. And he was married now and happy. And there were so many things we shared there. And I thought, wow, you know, this is one of those people from high school that you're so close with. And in 2007, my mom died. He didn't have to do this, but when my mom died, he was there. He was so there. You know, those moments, do I stop going to law school for a couple terms to take care of mom? What do I do? And he goes, you can't. You know, you got to balance. And he had such a way of seeing the forest from the trees. I know that's a cliche, but I'm going to tell you, Scott Zolber had such a way of being a voice of reason. He was a voice of reason in a time of chaos. And when mom died, I just felt like my world had shattered. And here was this guy, who was friends from the time I was 14, who was so far advanced in life than me. So far up there. Like, he's here and I'm here. It didn't matter. He was there for me. And, um... I passed the bar in Jersey. And what do I do now? I was working with a firm. That's a story for another time. And I... It was a bad time, you know? It was like 2009, the economy sucked, and there were people that were practicing law for like 15, 20 years that were getting laid off. And Scott got me an interview with this guy. And the guy was an Italian lawyer that went to Cooley. What do you think about this? Italian lawyer that went to Cooley. Scott takes us out to dinner. He says, give Bill a chance. He's going to make you so much money. Give him a chance. The guy says, what do you got? And I said, I will work 30 days for you free of charge. It was December. Christmas Eve, I was in there. Christmas Day, I was in there. I want to prove so bad that I could just make this shit happen, you know? And I made this guy so much cash. And it was the first week of January, and I'm going to get a job here. And finally, I'm here, man. I'm working at this big firm in Jersey. I'm close to Aunt Mare. And this is going to be it. And the guy brings me into his office. And he says to me, listen, Bill, done an amazing job, but we're going with this kid from Rockers, not you. And I said to him, what do you mean? You saw what I could do. He goes, yeah, we got a Rockers candidate who today is disbarred. And again, my world shattered. What do I do here? 
and I went out to dinner with Scott. And I said, you know, I don't get it. No matter what I do in fucking New Jersey, I'm banging my head against the wall. I said, the only place I ever just felt free and to do me was Michigan. And Scott looks at me and he goes, well, you're not married. You've got no kids. You're always going to support your aunt. He goes, but if Michigan's where you need to be, maybe you need to go to Michigan. You know, and it was weird because it's one thing for me to say. It's another thing to hear from this third party. And I just went to Michigan. I went back to Michigan. And the rest, as they say, is somewhat history. When Aunt Mayor died in October of 15, Scotty was there. And uh, at that point, my career was kind of teetering a little bit. I was tutoring full-time and supporting Aunt Mare, but here was the deal about that. The deal about that was I knew I had to basically sacrifice, because Aunt Mare was like my child. You know, she was my mother, but she was also my child, so I couldn't leave tutoring. When Aunt Mare died, I said, okay, I called Matt up. I'm going full-time. I'm going to finish my tutoring obligations. I wasn't going to be like the coach that just left. My kids that were about to take the bar, I stuck with them. And I finished it up. They came to Ann Arbor. Many tutored for free. I didn't want to leave them hanging. But I had to go to this firm. And I went. And things just started taking off. And in 2017, here we are. I'm doing the crimp stuff with Grable, and things are starting to, you know, they're like spiraling in, in a good way. And on March 20th, it was actually March 21st of 2018, I get a call. I get a call from my friend Andrew Frieda. And Andrew says, hey, I need to talk to you. And I say, hey, I'm really busy right now, man. I will, um, I'll get you back. He goes, B, I need to f***ing talk to you. I need to talk to you now. So I get on the phone with Drew. You know, I think sometimes like we lose sight of things because we get so wrapped up in our own world. It's just part of life, you know. And he goes, Are you he goes, I'm gonna tell you something and um it's not gonna be easy to take. And I said to Drew, I was like, Listen man, I'm prepping for this crazy trial. Just say what you gotta say. If you need money or something, let me know. I'm good. Things have turned around. I'm straight. I got your back. But I can't talk on the phone right now. And he goes, Zolber died. And I said to him, I'm really sorry. I'll call Scott today. His mom died way too young. I said, I know Scott's mom was never a huge fan of mine, but I'm definitely going to send flowers to the funeral, and I will call Scott tonight, I promise. And he goes, B, I don't think you understand. For some reason, I processed it that it was Scott's mother that died, not Scott. And he goes, Scott's dead. What? What the f*** are you talking about, Scott's dead? Just, I don't know what happened. Died on his birthday.
And um, Chrissy's Jewish. They do Shiva. And the funeral was like one day later. So I couldn't even get to the funeral. I didn't even know what happened here. How is Scott gone? And like this range of emotions come through you. And how I always dealt with grief was I just get like this laser focus. So I'm prepping so hard for these trials now. I can't think about this. I sent money to his wife and kids, sent flowers, whatever. In my mind, it didn't happen, you know? In my mind, I got this trial coming up. When I'm not working, I'm f***ed up in the head. But when I'm working, I cannot, I don't have to focus on this grief. How is Scott fucking dead in his early 40s? Tell me that now. Somebody help me with this. And, um... He was gone. And I tried talking to friends about it. Like, friends that... Kind of mutual friends. Yeah, but I was never in their clique. You know? It was like... I was close with Scott. But I was not close with his inner circle. So they weren't really big on telling me things. Or dealing with things. And it was just like... I felt like I was back in Willow Avenue. And I'm an outsider looking in. And to just not have that closure was really heartbreaking. And then the Eagles home opener in 2018, right after we won the Super Bowl, um, Scott Grable took me there. It's actually, sorry, 2019 was the game. We won against the Patriots. It was the home opener. And Grable takes me to this amazing game. And... When I heard about the game at first, that Scott was going to get me tickets, Scott Grable, I called Scott Zolber. I'm going to buy you a ticket. You're going to come to this game. And at that game, there's an empty seat next to me, which was Zolber's. And I'm at the link. Yeah, I'm at the fucking link, the Eagle State Art Stadium, where I used to be this poor kid going to the fucking vet. Because you couldn't afford tickets. And here I am at these premier fucking seats. Sitting next to my close friend who's not there. And I'm like searching his Facebook like a fucking stalker. Thinking how the fuck can this be real? But he's gone. And I'll tell you there's not a week that goes by. I don't go to his Facebook page. Like he's that person who... You wake up in the morning and you send a funny text to her, you send a Seinfeld clip or something, and you forget he's dead. God damn. How the f did that even happen? On his fing birthday, really? Anyway. So. When you think of Scott Zolber, you do a Google search of him, you're gonna see. There was this amazing guy who did so much for charity, who gave so much back to his law school, who was this amazing lawyer. There's so many things about Scott Zolber I wish I could emulate more. 
And I know there were things about me he admired, but there was so much more in my opinion I admired about him. When I didn't have sh he let me come into his world. When we didn't have a car, he picked me up. When Mom and Aunt Mary died, he was there. And the fact that I wasn't there when he died will always haunt me. It's just weird how that all worked out. There was a song that came out not long after, around the time Scott died. There's a song by Sorority Noise called No Halo. And it's hard for me. I love that song. But when I hear No Halo, it hits so f***ing close to home. Because it's, um, my opinion's about Scott Zolder. To Scott's kids and Nicole. If you guys ever need anything, you know I'm there. Financially or otherwise. And I miss Scott every day. Your friendship wasn't valuable to me, man. You saw something in me before many others did. And during those tough times when there was nothing for you to gain personally, you stuck by me. You encouraged me. And I feel like you're here today in a lot of ways. If you're watching this right now, I'm sure you're pissed off. Saying you don't need to talk about me, but I do need to talk about you. I think about you every f***ing day, bro. And it's just... I don't think I'd be here without you. The idea of criminal law never even occurred to me until you were cutting up your meatball at Tony's Baltimore Grill. We looked into each other's eyes. You said, do crim. I'm really glad... We are part of each other's world. But the thing about relationships like that that hurts so much is when they're gone, it stings. In any relationship. For just true love, whether it's a brother, a lover, whatever it is, you have to understand at the end it's going to be this crazy amount of pain. And I don't think I've ever processed your death, if you're listening to me right now. I really don't. I think when Scotty died, I just... <laughs> there was so much work I've always done, but if I told you how deep into my work I got to not process it... I think of Max and Charlie, you know? And Jewel can attest to this, because they were our dogs. When Max died, he was like 16, 17. He had such a great life, and it was so painful. But you kind of knew he had his time and, you know, great life. When Charlie died, he was two and a half. The ways we're going to explain that one to me. And I feel like Scott Easy reminds me of Charlie's death. This amazing light that was taken from the world way too soon. Miss you, bro. Love you. And, um... I know if I uh, go any deeper with this one tonight, I'll lose some respect from people. So, in the guise of keeping up my quote-unquote badass image, 
chop this one up. I'm Bill Amadeo. I approve this. Have a good weekend. The proceeding was a paid presentation by McManus and Amadeo PLLC. Listeners of this program should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No listener should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information within this program without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Listening to this program using any associated website or related links or resources does not create an attorney-client relationship between the listener and host, contributors, or contributing law firms. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this program are hereby expressly disclaimed. You and your loved ones deserve a criminal defense firm that believes that your life and freedom are worth fighting for. Matt McManus, Bill Amadeo, and the McManus and Amadeo team of attorneys, investigators, and case managers will take the lead with a vast knowledge and legal experience across the state of Michigan to get the best possible result for you. Learn more at McManusAmadeo.com. Schedule a free consultation 24-7 by calling 800-392-7311.